I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and here we are with another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today I have with me, uh, for the first time on the, the uh, podcast, a musical guest, right? And but what is very interesting about this musical guest is he's actually distributing. It seems like he's paying very close attention to his business. And he's so well aligned with us because his music's authentic. Authentic as fuck, actually, right? So with me today, I have a very special guest, uh, Christopher Leon. And hopefully I didn't... What's going on, bro? Hopefully I didn't, you know, shorten your accolades by calling you a a musical guest or calling you an artist, bro, but... Nah, it's perfect. (laughs) All right. Um, So... You just dropped the album. Uh, go ahead, tell our listeners the, the name of the album and where where you got the concept. Yeah. Um, my name is Christopher Leon. I just dropped an album yesterday called We're All Healing. And it was an album that I made uh, a few months ago um, whenever I was just uh, really, really going through a mental crisis. Um definitely having a, an existential crisis. And um, there had been a certain amount of events, turn of events that um, that had gotten me there. I'd, I'd recently lost friends. I'd recently lost loved ones, um, a girlfriend, uh, you know, my job, the pandemic hit us all, um, all of that. And I was just, I was stuck in the house by myself um, going crazy. And, uh, and I just needed a way to, to get it out, um, just to get it out because I, I was, I was feeling it. And so I came out with this album. It's called We're All Healing. And it best describes what I was going through while I was writing it. Uh, yeah, bro. So for the listeners, if you go on Shopify, if you go on Tidal and you get a chance to listen, right? Not not if you, when you go on Shopify, mm-hmm. when you go on Tidal, because I do think this is an album that everyone should listen to. As I was sharing with uh, you earlier before we got started, uh, it definitely helped me. Uh, I was listening yesterday, right? And I'm not going to lie, man. I was listening mm-hmm. in preparation for the podcast and I was just thinking, man, this is a really fucking good album. <laughs> you know what Thank I mean? Like, Thank uh, you. Even just starting off with track one, right? Uh, Trauma is mm-hmm. the name. Trauma. I mm-hmm. love that song because it's just real. And it, it, it the entire album is real. It's without fluff. Um, you know, you, as you mentioned, you were dealing with that trauma and you had that alone space. Um, how do you feel that that space alone and, and having to face your traumas? Because what it seems like is, you know, isolation really puts you in a space where you had to face your monsters. Um, mm-hmm. On, You know, hopefully you're now on the other side of that. Being on the other side of that how would you describe the experience? Was that a positive experience? Was it good to get out, get that off your back for all of these years? Um, or is it more just something that you're still dealing with, still maintaining and building yourself back up? Yeah, um, no, that's a good question. But it's, uh, I would like to think that I'm totally on the other side of it, but I don't think that's the case. Um, it's, it's more like a um it's not like a it's not like I wrote all this and then all of a sudden everything is better Mm. it's more like a I feel this way and this is why I feel this way um so it's I mean it's something that 
you know, I mean, like this album is brand new. So I still feel all these things. I'm just telling you how I feel. Um, it's mm. the only thing. Um, and so, yeah, with with trauma, trauma came about because um, last year, uh, right. I guess. Yeah. Right before the pandemic, I had gotten into therapy for the first time ever. Um, and I was trying to I got into therapy just because I was like, I'm, I'm out of options. What am I what am I going to do? I'm fighting with my girl. Everything's going bad. I'm feeling crazy. Um, I, I got to like talk to somebody. So I went to a therapist and I was like, yo, you've seen all the movies where like no one opens up and all that stuff. So like j if you're going to do this, like like just go do it, like go do it, like go in there and say everything. Don't try to hold anything back. So um, literally the very first time that I went into therapy, I told her about all my childhood, um, shit, all, like all of it, all of it. Um, and so like the song trauma is the conversation that I had, like with my therapist the very mm. first time. Um, and that's why, you know, Joyce who plays my therapist, like that's the reason I had her is because like that is real. And that's like where this started, you know, the man, that's so beautiful. And you know, it reminds me of my journey with mental health and uh, therapy. The first time I, I went to therapy was 2016. And, mm -hmm. you know, just to share with you, bro, I was in the military, you know, much looking much different than I look now. No dreads, mm -hmm. right? Obviously yeah. buzz cut, uh, clean shaven, right? Lean and mean. Mm -hmm. and, and I look like I look like a strong man. I look like a young, strong man that's so fucking resilient and I, i'm on a run and i just stopped running it hit me like a ton of bricks boom why, why are you even doing this man your father's dead you're never gonna have a father right like the mm -hmm. thought just popped in my head like whoa <laughs> like what mm -hmm. evil sprite was on my shoulder to say that right um and i stopped running i like i literally couldn't run uh, so i literally went from you know being a dude that did an 18 minute three miles to just I don't feel like doing anything like the depression hit me uh, yeah. when I finally went to therapy and it, it was, you know, it's more than just my father passing away and all that. But when, when I finally went to therapy, I, I agree with what you said, just go in there and just start saying everything. Cause I walked in with this attitude, like, yo, this ain't me. I don't know what's going on. Fix it. Right. I went in, mm -hmm. like I was telling her that she should fix my problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so here we are, I could say now, what, what are we six years later? No, mm -hmm. seven, seven About. years later. Yeah. yeah seven. Well, no, I said 2016. Sorry. So five years, five later. six. Yeah. Yeah. Five years later. So my five year mental health journey after therapy, meditation, mindfulness, all those things. Uh, that's actually why I picked up hypnotherapy, bro. So mm -hmm. in the space that you knew me, because, you know, for our listeners, we met in clubhouse. So yep. when you heard me talking about hypnotherapy, um, it, it was just as much about my healing journey as it was everybody that I was helping because that allowed me the space to know the patterns as well as what was going on in my own mind. So the, I, you're right to say, you know, while you've addressed it, it, it may not be over, man. It takes time, but it does get better over time. It's, it's time yeah. under pressure, but Bro, I look at you, bro. You're you're actually very strong, very resilient. I listened to the songs that you had, um, and we, we were just talking about this, bro. Shame, right? Yeah. That one quote in shame, 
I'm a king. I'm a god. I'm a fucking, I'm piece, a of fucking shit. piece of shit. Right? I man, I related to that. Right? I and I know sometimes we we have these statements and you know, you go, man, I'm a fucking piece of shit. And people go, oh no, you're not. You're a nice guy. You're so handsome. Mm. Right? They're they're running up to you and they're like, oh my God, you ginger drake you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anybody ever called you that? They ever called you? Ginger? Of course, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like we uh we go through all of these things, you start getting real with yourself. Like, bro, I related to that because you gotta embrace your bad, right? You just gotta embrace mm. it. You gotta wear it like a like a badge like i've been through this you know what i mean yeah. trauma is something that you you've been through you you survived it you're on the other side bro you you're not the same person that you were when you were going through all of those things um but just the fact that you accept it bro the fact that you can say a statement like i'm a king i'm a god i'm a fucking piece of shit it's admire yourself twice be real with yourself once You'll never mm-hmm. end up being those billionaires that go, am I surrounded by yes men? Right? Yeah. Right? Because that's such a lonely place. But with authenticity, I've never, like, being authentic ended my loneliness. If like that, that makes any sense. Like, yeah. it, it really ended my loneliness because there was, it wasn't that I felt like I was lonely. It was that I was alienating a part of myself. Mm-hmm. Right? that was there right and once i was like yo all right i got certain bad behaviors and i know how i can get but mm-hmm. i accept mm-hmm. that about myself and i'm gonna do my best to make sure that i control that um i understand why i did these things i'm not upset with myself i'm not shaming myself but yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not always the best dude right yeah. um so i just wanted to let you know man to man that's something i respect Right. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Seriously. Um, and I think that that's also a big deal too. Uh, so because you put out an album, much like a a Jay Z four 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 album, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or a Beyonce Lemonade album. It's one of those albums where it's just so fucking raw, right? That pe- you can't help but to love it because it's real. It's the it's really what you're going through. Uh. So when you wrote that line, I'm king, I'm a god, I'm a fucking piece of shit. What what inspired that, right? What inspired mm-hmm. that? And and are, are are those three different ways that you feel about yourself? Is it, you know, your your cycle or how, what does that mean? Yeah, um, it's so I mean my my mindset is, and and you can tell throughout the the album, but I'm like. But also me in real life, I have like real arguments with my ego a lot. Like there are times, I mean, I for real think that I'm like so fucking talented. I think I'm like so good. I I really do. And also I'm like, you really aren't (laughs) because there are so many people who are like so good, you know, like there are people who are so good. Um, Yeah, but, but their greatness doesn't exclude yours, right? Like both were true. That's that's true, and that's a good way to think of it. Um, it's just the just the, the internal monologue that I like have with myself all the time. Um, it's just, you know, when it comes to the talent, when it comes to me being a nice guy, I, I'm I know that I'm a, a loving guy. I know that like my friends know that they're my friends. I know, you know, I, I um, like I love hard, and I know that. But also, like, 
I've been like an asshole. I've been called like arrogant in my life multiple times. You know, I can come off my, my tone is off. I'm, you know, making people feel a certain type of way just because of the way that I'm speaking to them. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm such a, I'm such a nice guy. If you ask any of my friends, they're like, oh, he's amazing. He's so nice. But it's like, also like I can be an asshole. I can come off as an asshole. Um, all well, of that, you know. Do you know any, do you know any assholes that like haven't gotten far in life? Like all of the successful people <laughs> that I know are assholes. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kanye is my spirit animal. So like, I get it, but yeah. you know, but uh, <laughs> um, even no, home, I feel right? it. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, that's true. And then whenever it comes to like big things, like, you know, in life, like, um, you know, I, I do think I went through something and I was taught so many things and there are so many things that I did that I will never do again. But the fact of the matter is I still did those things, even though I'll never do them again. I still did those things, you know, um, and it's like a, it's it's just a weird balance of uh, forgiving myself for that. But also. Like, I, I can't forget it, you know, and I won't let myself forget it, I guess, you know, and listen bro that's if if you ask me all all the niceties and all those things about you right like as a person this is who i've become i could give a shit less about those things right mm -hmm. when i meet people i don't care about how nice they are or how you know the nice things that they do i care about how much they accept their darkness right mm -hmm. um and the reason i say that is because it's happened to me time and time again. And I've noticed this one pattern when I'm around people who don't accept their darkness, they don't accept that they've done something wrong either. True. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, and everybody yeah. has some level of darkness. So, you know, I'd much rather be around someone like yourself who's dealing with it, who's aware of it. You can go like, yo, bro, you, you, you was being a dick. You know yeah. what I mean? And you, you'll sit, you sound like the type of person you'll be like, let me think about that. Run that through the analytics. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I was being a dick. But I also think that that's that's being real. You get what I mean? We, mm -hmm. we I, I think over time we've watered down what realness is. And people think that in order to exist amongst people and to have community, you got to pretend to be one way outside of your home and a different way, you know, inside. But yeah. I, I, I ask yourself, why be fractured? You know what I mean? I, I don't know about you, but I, I can say I've lived a lot of my life being a fractured person, you know, mm -hmm. going home, being one way because there's such strict rules and then going to school, being another way because I have a little bit of freedom, mm -hmm. um, joining the military and being told this is how I need to be there, joining corporate and being told this is how we behave here. Um, and then feeling like all of these things just seem so not me yeah right so uh i think that's a part of it man and I'm, I'm glad that you're somebody who's a whole person who hasn't fractured yourself um or if you have been fractured you you've just said hey here's the pieces right i know what a whole yeah. looks like um so definitely i respect that thank you um as as far as you know being an asshole and and, and doing all the things do, do you feel that because you've done something wrong, uh, that that shame, that that guilt is something that you need? Do you think that shame and guilt is necessary or could it be um, 
you know, much like myself, I'm very apathetic mm-hmm. to my wrongdoing. I'll, I'll admit that it's wrong, but I'm not going to sit there and be shameful. Like, you want me to feel remorseful? Like, what? Like, I, I don't understand people wanting you to feel bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if I feel bad, I can't, I can't fix the problem. I can't be like, man, my bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I did that. That's, that's different. That's not shame. That's acknowledging wrongdoing. But when people go, they're yelling at you and all these things, they want to shame you. So do you think that the shame is necessary in order for you to accept yourself wholly? Or is that just a byproduct? Yeah, I don't think, no, I don't think you have to have like shame in your life. Um, I I would advise like against it. I don't think it helps at all. Uh, The problem is just the way that I think about things in my head. It is that is just how it is for me. Um, you know, like I live, uh, I live with like a, like regret is just heavy mm. on my mind, you know? Um, and so I think that, you know, other people can like work through that. And that's what I'm trying to work through. But that is mm. like, what is happening right now is just, I feel, I feel it. I've, I've forgiven, but I haven't forgotten, you know, and the memory is like strong enough that it's, it's still potent, you know? I, listen, bro, I, I forgive, but I don't forget. Right. I'm, mm. I'm definitely a grudge holder. <laughs> I can't yeah. that, right. Like if, if you are somebody that I guess I got to put it into perspective. I'm a grudge holder, but I, I'm also I can't be bothered. Right. Mm. Um, so if given the opportunity to get some get back. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? Like if I see the opportunity, I'm going to take it. <laughs> but I'm not going to go out there seeking it out. Right. Yeah. I figure if given the opportunity, then this is just something the universe wanted. The universe wanted yeah. <laughs> to get okay. I don't know about that one, buddy, but no, that's karma, bro. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, like come on, you know, let's say you know your, your neighbor's been sealing your packages. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you get a package to your door with their name on it. It's a Christmas. Yeah, day. I get you. Okay, fair enough. You know, fair enough. Or they, they ordered a ton of gold. They go, oh, I ordered a ton of gold. Have you seen it? Yeah, nah, man, I haven't, nah. seen <laughs> I haven't seen anything. And I'm not even going to put it in my house. I'm going to put it in a safety deposit box at the bank. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right. No, I get you, though. I get you. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but as far as like regret goes and remorse goes, um, holding on to grudges is one thing that I do, but uh, regret never, regret never made me make improvements. Mm-hmm. you get what I mean and and one of the things that I find uh and I'm not sure if it's the same for yourself as well it could be it could be the same it could be very different um it makes me heavy right like I literally can't do anything until I've expressed those feelings but my my work my purpose isn't surrounded by these feelings that I'm having my mm-hmm. my work is surrounded by you know helping people work through their feelings so you know, for example, your album helped me work through my feelings. I'm going to recommend this album to any, everybody. Right. But at the same time, it's man, if you, if you were living in that space all the time, do you think that you, you would be able to get things done? Has that regret and that shame been, you know, harmful and negative uh, to your progress? Yeah. So the thing with, the thing that I'm still trying to figure out with this album um, is like for for me personally, for my mental health, was this album good for me? Mm. Um, and I 
Uh, I, I honestly don't have an answer yet. And the reason being is because making this album was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, I, and like getting through this album is still the hardest thing that I've been doing. And, um, and so like when it comes to the album, it's like, like I was trying to say earlier, I'm telling you how I feel right now, but just because I'm telling you that it doesn't mean that I'm through it. Um, and so like, that was just an exercise for me to, you know, a lot of people will tell you to like journal is good for like your mental health and stuff like that, you know, like just writing out. And so that's what the album was for me. Like I was, I was trying it. Like so many of my friends were like, you gotta go out in the sun, look at the trees, write down all your feelings. And I was like, okay. And so I did it, wrote down all my feelings and it's like, okay, I did that. Now what? And, um, and so I'm still, I mean, like, I feel like this album about my trauma was a traumatic experience making. And it's, mm. I feel like I have to get over making this about me getting over some other shit. You know, it, it, it right. just seems like it's, it's just some weird fucking cycle that doesn't end. But um, yeah, so I, I still don't know yet if, if the album was good for me personally, but I did make the best thing that I've ever made. So like, I, there's that. But <laughs> right. You, you definitely had the uh, the tortured artist vibes, right? Like yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare break has a romantic breakup and writes Romeo and Juliet. And we're yeah. still talking about it, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I sincerely hope that people receive this album well. And I, I hope that we're talking about you because you. of this, because one of one of the things that I will say to you, bro, is. um, Yeah, you are closer. You are closer to being, you know over the hump than you are behind it, right? That acknowledgement of everything that you've gone through and being able to communicate the way that you feel is such a big fucking deal and being able to just get the fuck over it, right? And because it's not about getting the fuck over it, it's about making yourself resilient enough to know the cycle and to inject yourself in the pattern, right? For Mm -hmm. for me, it's, I'm never not gonna be angry if somebody, what, what's something that pisses me off? I hate uncertainty. You ever mm. ask somebody something like, like, okay, you, you've ever been talking to a woman and you'd be like, yo, what's good with you and me? And she'd be like, oh, I don't know. I immediately, <laughs> I don't knows immediately helped me lose interest. It's like, you don't know? I don't know. I, mm. I know people think like, oh, well, you know, a woman's supposed to be uncertain. No, the fuck you're not. No, yeah. the fuck you're not. You know what the fuck you want. That I don't know is a game. So stuff like that. I'm never going to be, you know, the type of person that loves uncertainty. It's like, oh, this is so uncertain. It's fun. I don't mm. think that's fun. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. at, at least not with my relationships. I like to know where I stand with people. Let me say that. Um, so when a situation happens and I'm now in a situation where I don't know where I stand with someone. I've paid attention to how it can make me behave. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, if I don't know how to stand where I stand with a woman, I pull back. Right. And I've had women tell like, actually not too long ago, this happened. Right. Woman looked at me and she's like, well, you know, you you don't really seem like you're, you're into me. It was like, well, it's not that I'm not into you. I'm just not, I'm not overly asserting myself in a space where you seem uncertain. Mm-hmm. 
You get what I mean? Um, and that's kind of where I've learned to just go, okay, well, this is how I am. Or if I want to make an experiment out of trying to change it, I'm, I will be real with the person about my feelings and, and where I'm at and where I stand, but I'm, I'm not going to attempt to go, oh, well, you know, let me make myself love uncertainty. I don't like it for a reason, right? I don't like uncertainty. Well, same reason most people don't like uncertainty. Um, and, but I can deal with uncertainty in my career, just not with people, not within my relationships, right? Um, so that being said, bro, I think you making the album allows you to know your patterns, right? For sure. Yeah. I, this shit happens with me and my girl all the time. Like, uh, now, now I done mentioned some other stuff. It, they'll get back to it they ain't got to know my business me and my girl all the time this happens right we uh we get into these these spaces where i may say something and i go back to her i'm like you know what my bad that was not directed at you that was about 12 year old me really referring to something you did that reminded me of this person Um, sure and it makes some of those more subconscious reactions more of a conscious understanding, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's the beauty of it, bro. You know yourself better than other people know you right now. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I, I think the great conundrum is people who don't pay attention to their trauma, people who don't know their trauma and people don't know who don't know their patterns. Uh, you can observe them for a month or three months and you'll know that you'll know them better in that three months than they know themselves. Yeah. So yeah, you're definitely, I think, I think you're in a great place, bro. Um, what, what are your goals for the album? Any sales goals, any numbers goals? Um, I mean, no numbers. I mean, my, I mean, my goal for the album is to get a Grammy. Uh, but the thing like in the meantime, I, I really just want to, um, do live shows. Live shows are the most important thing for me uh, right now, just because I know that this album is an experience. It is a roller coaster that you that you have emotionally. And I think that it will be even more powerful with me looking you in your eyes performing this. And, uh, and you being able to not only hear the emotion, but like see it, you know, um, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with like, being the grown ass man who cries on stage in front of everybody just to let everyone else know that it's okay to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. Welcome, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. right? Like, uh, I'll cry yeah. in front of you, you can't beat me up though, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but um, yeah, so I just uh, no, right now, my my biggest thing is I'm I'm just doing live shows, that's it. I want to, I want to have as many moments with people as I can with this. I bet. Do you have any uh, live shows coming up? And if not, where where do you typically do your shows? Do you normally stay in California? Do you travel around? So around LA, um, I did my first show um, in uh, December 11th. And I have, uh, my next show is in Dallas, Texas on the 12th of January. Nice. Um, and then I'm doing two more shows um, in March here and another one in February. So um, I do have some, yeah, if you're in the, the California area, you can, you can definitely, um, pop up anyone who's listening, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I do have shows and my plan is to get more, you know? All right. Okay. So now w- one of the things that I, I do like about your album is it hits me a lot like spoken word. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let, let's more so talk about your style here, right? We've talked about the content yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- your style of rap is, it, it reminds me of spoken word from this uh, standpoint of, you know, it's energetic. The, the beats always seem more calm and chill. But you bring all the energy to every mm-hmm. fucking track, bro. Um, is that intentional or is that just something that that has happened? Yeah. Um, what's what's weird is the um, like whenever I was like producing it, um, I didn't have like an exact plan, um, mm. you know, like a, a structure for it. I knew where I was trying to get to in the album, but um, I didn't know like what it was going to sound like. So I was just while I was producing, I was just trying to produce the way I was feeling, you know, and um, and then whenever I would get something, whenever I would get uh, just like a loop that I like, just something that I liked, I was like, okay, that's good enough. Now I can like tell the story. So mm. the production was very, um, it was like very second priority to be honest, because like gotcha. the story, the the main thing is I I want to tell you what's on my mind, um, and so I was just uh, yeah, when I was making these beats, I was just trying to get something that made me made me feel that type of way and then once i did that that's how the the production came about man so what's really interesting about that 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 tells me that you as an artist man you you sway the room when you do concerts you you probably have really Mm -hmm. good audience control because you know one of the things i learned from doing spoken word from you know being a rapper when i was a rapper um don't go look anything up i'm from brooklyn everybody's a rapper from brooklyn you know what i mean I, I got some tracks. We could listen to that privately, but I'm not putting nothing. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, um, um, that being said, bro, is like you really got to read the audience and you got to tell when people aren't feeling something and how you need to, you know, line up your next track. Do you need to put more energy into a certain hit? All of those yeah. things. Um, But from listening to you, that seems like something you have under control, definitely in the album. Um but also it seems like something you're conscious of. So when it comes to like swaying the audience in your live shows, um, how, how does the audience interact with you? How do they receive you? Um, they sit there very quietly until I give them permission to make noise, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> uh, Listen, uh, that, that is such a, that, that's so, so much control, bro. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, for real. Like I did. Uh, I mean, so the first time I like performed the album, I did seven of the nine tracks and I performed it on yeah the 11th. Um, and it was, you know, half the people, half the people there were like friends and loved ones. So they had heard the album like once before, whenever I was like playing it for people, mm-hmm. everyone else had no clue. Um, and even the people who had heard the album, they heard the early version back like in August when I first started it, you know, so. Um, so no one like really knew what was going on. So whenever I'm on stage and I'm going through and the, you know, the album is set up as a story. I want, I, I don't want people to skip around. I want people to press play and then don't touch it for 30 minutes. It's just, it's 30 minutes. Don't touch it. That's, that's how I wanted it to be. Um, because it is like a, a full story. It's a full episode. Um, and so I perform it just like that. And then, so yeah, just to see me on stage telling all these people about, all my baggage and they're just sitting there like barely breathing you know what i'm saying and they're like they're trying to figure out times when they can clap to make me feel better i'm up there i'm getting emotional i'm pacing around i'm looking crazy um 
yeah so w- with this one it's more like a right now it's just very jarring for people to hear all this because it's so new um <laughs> which is kind of cool because it's that, like you'll yeah. sit there and like listen you know right. um but i am excited for the days whenever like people like do know like the the you know the the catch lines the phrases and stuff and they and they join in but right now i do i do love that i'm like like this is this is my story let me let me tell you something real quick bro let me know when the concert is in california right and if you need a hype man i I'm, i want to volunteer for king <laughs> right cuz i i definitely want to jump up and down i'm a king i'm a god yeah, for sure for sure Word. like that man okay so now let's talk about the other side of this right we talked about you yeah. going on tour you obviously have your distributions down I was able to see you on Shopify. I was able to see you on Title. Um, mm-hmm. The the business end of releasing an album, right? Because mm-hmm. shit ain't nothing for free. And yeah, you know, God be damned if you went through all of that trauma for free and somebody didn't pay. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> um. So that being said, what advice do you have for artists that you know they want to get on Shopify? They want to go on Title. They they need to figure mm-hmm. out you know, that end of it, where, where would you tell them to start? Oh, well, look, that's like so simple. Um, you know, any like new artists who are looking for it, there are so many platforms, uh, uh, distribution platforms. Um, I myself uh, use uh, DistroKid. Um, right, saw that. And if you, nice. if you just use something simple like that, it'll get you on literally every platform. Um, and it's, I mean, it's like 40 bucks a year. Um, so, oh, you know, fuck, dude, that's, that's uh cheaper than repost by SoundCloud. Repost yeah, by no, SoundCloud is 144 a year. And I just paid for that. And now you're making me feel bad. Yeah, but it's uh no, it's like, yeah, just um it's so easy to get uh I mean DistroKid and there's so many others, but um when it comes to Shopify, like literally, I just looked up a YouTube tutorial on Shopify. I had some friends who made like a pro uh, a website, they helped me out. Um so, I mean, like when it comes to getting nice. your music out there, that's the easiest part because it's so accessible nowadays. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that just distro kid and be on all platforms. Don't be just a SoundCloud person because some people don't listen to SoundCloud. Be on Spotify, be on Tidal, you know, like be everywhere. Right. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, so bit on the business side, we call that omni-channel marketing. And you definitely mm-hmm. want to do that as an artist. As an artist, I should be able to reach your shit everywhere right like the default thought mm-hmm. is oh i can get you on spotify but i can't get you on apple music this is ghetto right mm-hmm. i hate when i go to listen to jay-z shit i listen i only use title because of hope, yeah. right you. Yeah. but if you're not hove level and i'm not knocking you i would go anywhere to listen to this album mm-hmm. but if you're not hove level don't expect me to show up and run your shit up on a playlist uh, for sure. Anywhere else you can only so you got to make sure that you have different segments of your audience. There may be somebody else who only listens to Apple Music. There may be somebody else who only listens to Shopify. Yeah. Right? There may be somebody out there who's still fucking with Pandora. God help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I hate Pandora, bro. Like the idea of somebody choosing my music for me. Like how the fuck? Yeah. Do you, I want to hear. No, me too. But I'm on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't like it, but I'm on it. You know. Right. <laughs> And it's the same thing that I did with the podcast. So I definitely agree with you there. I also, um, so now you, you have Shopify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there any sort of, you know, intention to get into merch? 
uh, any sort of yes. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, so the reason that I made the Shopify is for merch. Um, if you, uh, anyone who's listening, you can uh, follow me at uh, Christopher Leon Music. Um, but like, I have like a I set up a link tree. The first button you click goes to my Shopify, which is where you can find the um, the merch for the We're All Healing. Um, yeah, and that was the entire point of making a Shopify. Could I share something with you that um Hell yeah. may allow you to lessen your overhead moving Please. forward? <laughs> All right, so Shopify is costing you how much right now? Um, thirty a month. For how many products? Mm, one, two, three, four. For on you can start a big cartel site with five products for free. It won't oh, give snap. you a custom domain, right? Mm -hmm. It won't be a custom domain, right? It'll be like, you know, Christopher Leon dot big uh big cartel. Gotcha. But that one's for free, five products. If you want the custom domain, you just upgrade, and now all of a sudden you can post about 50 products for $9.99 a month. Oh snap. Right. Dude, that's what's up. Thank you. Yeah, so I I wanted to share that with you uh, and any of our listeners out there, right? Because we are, you know, podcast is about authenticity and business and all those things. So, yeah. you know, you, you're in the music business. I bet you listen to Dorian in 82 freaking <laughs> on repeat, right? <clears throat> but when it comes to like e-commerce, everybody runs to Shopify because Shopify has visibility. Shopify is not the most cost effective though. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. And so that's where you kind of you're at. If you want to get cost effective or you only have a couple of things and, you know, you're just starting out, you want to, you know, get a little bit cheaper of an option, uh, which I don't always recommend. Right. Sometimes quality in your brand is more important than saving yourself mm -hmm. a couple of dollars. But if you have nine ninety nine and you can just cross over a domain, you don't save yourself about 20 bucks a month. And that's, hey, least, yeah. you know, you can at least go get a. a a decent vegan burrito with that no for sure you can right <laughs> um for sure you can so but no thanks for that dude no no definitely definitely um so merch is good mm -hmm. going on tour right so you're definitely gonna mm -hmm. have places to to you know share the merch you're doing pr right now on the podcast yeah. <laughs> right um and hopefully you're gonna be doing some other podcasts bro like i think mm -hmm. people need to hear the story like uh your your album is just so fucking powerful and this is me Thank giving you. you my real honest opinion your album is so fucking powerful um there, there's a there's a lot of artists that i know that have really dope fucking shit there's you uh my boy in brooklyn uh punchy b right like he, punchy b yeah punchy b he has some really good shit but he, he's he's really getting started with his shit he's on soundcloud mm -hmm. Um, and then my another brother I know down in North Carolina, his name's Ali, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so on Instagram, it's it's just Ali, right? Dope albums, real people, real content, uh, sharing real struggles and all of those things. And I'm looking at the music industry like, yo, y'all gonna notice these? Y'all yeah. don't notice these type of people. And I I mean, I get it, right? Like. Obviously, you got to grind out. Obviously, you got to make a name. Obviously, you got to make a buzz. But, you know, my concern with the music industry is the people who make a buzz normally have gang backing and can floss like they have made it mm -hmm. already. Right. So, uh, for example, 
we get we, well you from california from la draco mm-hmm. the ruler just passed yeah right? so there may be another person that had been you know that may have grown up with draco um that was on stink team and or whatever and i'm not saying this is true right this is all conjecture mm-hmm. but this is the ob- observance this is normally the pattern somebody comes along they're you know they're from the neighborhood now they get to floss like they've made it that makes fans like them and it's like fuck is that the real shit though yeah like is is that you know the the person's being inauthentic from the beginning right like so is that the real thing Mm. that that's where my concern comes in is it have we learned how to hack the music industry to where you know we have drill rappers that you know, they just go in, they make music about, you know, gangbanging or whatever. And, not, not, yo, everything is everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, have we hacked it to the point where we realize this is how we can get people to listen? And if you go this route, then you'll you'll be great. You'll be famous. But, you know, we may never get a J. Cole again. Yeah. that That's where my fear is. Uh, do you yeah. see it going that way? Or, you know, what what are your thoughts about the music industry in general? Um, I mean, well, you know, now, uh, now everything is, you know, and it has been for years, but, uh, like microwave songs, you know, uh, just yeah. quick, quick turnaround, quick two minute songs. People just want, um, just their two catchy lines to, to pop on TikTok. Um, I feel like, uh, most music nowadays is for just today, meaning like literally today and then tomorrow, let's move on to something else. Um, whereas you just made which, a timeless fucking album, which yeah, that's I mean, as an artist who doesn't like that type of music, it's very disheartening. But um, yeah, but I I'm still at like to my core, I am a concept album storyteller um, about real shit. Um, right. And so, like, it, it's disheartening to know that it it will it it would for sure get less shine than than something else. But also, I do know that a year from now and five years from now and 10 years from now, my album will still be able to get some emotion out of someone. And I can't say that for anyone else. And at the end of the day, I'm an emotional ass person. So that's my goal is to put emotion back into music so that people can actually feel it. Listen, bro, I don't got no fucking issue with that. I think your shit is so amazing. Um, but I really do want people to go listen to your shit so they could listen and not think that I'm just over here riding your dick. Pause. You know I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you. Um, but I mean, okay, so we talked about you know the way that the industry is going. Who's your favorite artist right now? Um, Gambino, childish Gambino. I, um, I go on a rotation. My my two top, it's Childish Gambino and Mac Miller. Um, mm. And then Kanye rotates from first place to third place. Um, you know, Kid Cudi. I was raised listening to like Eminem, so I don't listen to him as much now, but he's just like in my bones, you know? So right. um, like, uh, yeah, so early Eminem 50 is what like helped me like get into it. Um, but no, right now, Mac Miller, Gambino and um, Kanye my top three all right that's that's actually not a bad list right like pretty lyrical people pretty talented pretty 
uh, pretty good on the production and music front, mm. right? Um, and that, man, listeners, if you go listen to this album, you're in for good music, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't lie to you. Um, I will say too, you know, how, how do you feel about, you know, the drill rappers? How do you feel about more of the, uh, the unconscious rap, the, the, the chef G's, the, you know, obviously I'm going Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's who I know. I, I, I fuck with Brooklyn dudes a lot. So chef G, you know, we got Fabio foreign, uh, K flock just got locked up for murder. He does Bronx drill music, right? So uh-huh. they t- took the Bro- Brooklyn drill sound and they just a little bit more lyrical. Um, yeah. how do you feel about that music? How do you feel about that wave as it's coming up? I like the the beat. I, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Sometimes I really like the beats and the sound, and sometimes I'm like, ah, it's not for me. Um, mm. When it comes to artists, I know Fabio, and that's like it, um, like in that like genre. Um, Story time did it for you, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the one that did it for me. I was on the fence with Fabio until that song. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I like you or don't like you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like he had awesome uh ambition, mm-hmm. right? I think it's ambition as a boss. Look up the track. You could go look at yeah, yeah. Then I heard that one where he told the story. I was like, yo, this dude is fucking fire. He mm-hmm. could rap like that and he don't. Yep. Right? And That's- also um uh his feature on Donda off the grid with Kanye. Mm. Um that, that was crazy. I think that's one of the best features on the um the whole album. But um yeah, so when it comes to that sound, it's like I do want to, to be honest, I want to like tinker with it and experiment a little bit with it and like make it more into something that I could do because I do enjoy the sound. Um yeah, I just don't know much about it to be honest. Mm. Okay. Bro, I one of the things that I, I've noticed with that that movement is you know, I, I love the sound. Um, yeah. You know, drill music typically has something to do with more of the gang, uh, the gang lifestyle. Um, yeah. But it always has the um, more like English beats, right? Like, so the UK yeah. beats. Um, yeah. lo- love everything about it. For, for me, I love everything about it. I, I think that, like, I think these guys are bringing back hip hop, right? Like, I think they're bringing mm-hmm. back what, the, the, there was so many years that it was just really fucking trash music, bro. <laughs> like we, yep. we went through really trash music where it was, when is Kendrick going to drop an album? Mm-hmm. When is J. Cole going to drop an album? When is Fab going to drop another mixtape? Right? Like mm-hmm. there was so many years of that, that when we finally got into, you know, drill. Um, and I'm sitting here listening to, I, I didn't really fuck with Chief Keith when he first came out. Yeah. Right. Um, but as I even listen to King Von, King Von has a, you know, some really dope tracks where he's telling stories. I think the tragedy comes in, right? Because we we've mentioned some names now. Um, we've mentioned names that were, you know, people that were murdered, people that have gone to jail. And mm-hmm. I think the tragedy comes in where I realize um the people listening to this music don't love these artists. Right. Mm. They don't love the artists like we used to love artists back in the day when Biggie and Pac died. We stopped killing rappers for years, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there was so many years that rappers was dying of old age and drug overdoses. Mm -hmm. And now here we are again where 
oh no, we killing rappers again. Like, and mm-hmm. we doing it at such a fucking high succession. Uh, you know, unless I was going to be the type of rapper you are, I wouldn't want to be a rapper. And then I wouldn't want to yeah. fucking, I, I wouldn't want to do that because I know who my people are. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could resist the urge to fall back into that lifestyle. And it, it's sad because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, I, I wish that people did love them more. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I hope that Draco the Ruler dying is the last death of a, a California rapper for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And I wish that people just kind of accepted these artists, but what it seems like is everything's becoming so local and the artists are really gangsters now. So they're mm-hmm. really doing it to each other and they're not, nobody's, there's no big homies. Nobody's telling mm-hmm. you, like, yo, chill out, bro. You can't, you can't kill a motherfucker on, on, at the concert. Why don't you mm-hmm. just get them on the street? Like nobody would have knew anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that I think that's kind of what's sad. It, it, it is really sad to me because yeah, I looked at it, Draco the ruler, and these are dudes are like our age. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not like we we're fucking years older than these people. Like, this is my fucking age group, bro. Yeah, yeah. So it just makes you fucking number one, it makes me paranoid. Everything made me fucking paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um but then, then also, you know, my best friend got shot last year. And it's just like, man, we don't Jeez. love, we don't love our people like we used to. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're putting out music that makes us feel. Um, and I'm glad that Thanks, you, know, you put out the music that you do because I, I, I really feel like we need to have more love for our artists and we need to get back to that place where because we love our artists, we want to see them be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, that, that's something that just really saddens me when it comes to our music, because I'm a hip hop fan. You know, hip hop really saved my life. And what it what I'm noticing is that it's becoming life ending for so many people that probably just wanted to save their life. Yeah. Um, but that's enough of that. Right? Yeah, no, I feel you, man. That's, that's just deep. Um, it's just deep. I, uh, I, you know, I I do listen to one of the things that like turns me off um, mostly about the drill rap is like the violence and the gang life in it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just because I do not like, I, I just don't like align with that. Like I didn't have um, gang, like my shit, my gangs was like black and white. I lived in a small racist town. So like there weren't gangs. It was just white people didn't like black people. Um, so <laughs> like, I just didn't, uh, I, I just didn't um you, like, you was uh, in the overarching game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, like I, I just don't know about the, you know, I've got like family members that I know about, you know, but I was never like living any of that stuff. So it just it's never resonated with me. And and also I just um and also I do look at it as like it's so messed up because they are talking about their real life. But also that is making other people want to live that type of life because they think that that's the type of life you need to make it. I will be honest. I don't I think a lot of these drill rappers will live very long if they stopped doing the things for clout. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, I think we've learned to do for clout. And what happens with these drill rappers is, oh, you're gangsters. So. Because you caught a body, because you caught your ops, your op slipping, you got to tell people about it in your music. Yeah. But everybody's listening to the music. 
the feds are listening to the music. Yeah. If the feds don't get you, then, you know, your op will. Um, mm. You know, a fan that just likes somebody that you killed will. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, but as well, it, the thing with the gang life is it's it's much like the military, bro. It's the same as the military. You, it, It's young men who have been conditioned because this is what I signed up for to just do that thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fair. You know, I, I wish that I didn't have to see brothers go. Um, but at the same time, I, I and, and this is even for my best friend that just got shot last year. Mm-hmm. Right. When when the whole situation runs down, I realize I respect that man and I got to back his play. Right. Mm-hmm. This man told me he had to go get a piece. And I've never, yo, this is uh, MMA fighter, all those different things. I've never said those things. So I, I really do hope that we get back to a place of just man to man respecting the fact that, yo, every man is dangerous and mm-hmm. nobody is more dangerous than a pussy. Mm, for real. Right? Like nobody, like somebody that you think is pussy, you be like, oh, he butt, he's buns, he's scared. That is the most dangerous man on the planet. Right? Because mm-hmm. They're gonna take you out because they fear you. Yeah, for real. Um, that that's really my biggest issue with it. But at this point in our podcast, mm. we normally do story for a story, bro. So okay. you tell me a good story. Uh, let's go wild and crazy, right? You tell me a crazy mm-hmm. story. I tell you a crazy story. We share stories. Okay. Um. So let's see. Last year. Uh, just on topic last year in pandemic lost my job mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get money um, I got a plug who's going to let me sell weed for him nice. um, about a pound big pounds um, and uh, allegedly and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I found out that my uh, I was in a I was in a a, a situation where um there was something going down, like a, just a deal going down. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I was there. I was in the front seat of a car with people in the back seat, driver's side, all that. Um, I hear from behind me, hey, you know what this is, run it. And I remember hearing that and thinking, no fucking way. <laughs> and, I, and I looked to my left. And there was a gun. It was this white gun with like a pink extendo clip. I don't know guns, so I don't know what kind of gun it was. But what it type was of pointed. shit is this? <laughs> it was pointed at my dome. And uh, both the dudes in the backseat, uh, yeah, just had the <laughs> had the guns on us. They're like, run it. Give me give me all your shit. They had there was like a, a third dude who was waiting in the car. He came. He came to the passenger window ripped my chain off my neck, just like the movies, like literally just snatched that shit, went through, I had like a fanny pack on, was going through my shit, um, all that jazz. Uh, and, and this was me, I was like in the game for like two months, okay? And then this happened. And I remember they took all the shit, it was, um, it was like two pounds, so it was like 3,500 bucks, dipped. And then I remember thinking the rest, I was like numb the rest of that day. Like, like, holy, like what kind of fucking situation was I just in? And um, 
And then I remember like that day I was, I, I just hit up the person. I was like, yo, I just want you to know, lost a couple of pounds, gonna pay you back right now. And also this is my resignation because <laughs> this shit is not for me. <laughs> and so, so I got, I got in, I got in it and then I got out of it pretty quickly. Okay. So because, <laughs> because every, everybody has a story about a time that they have tried to do something like that, allegedly. Yeah. Um, very similar story around the same time. I was not, I, I, I've never been robbed, right? But that, that's, mm. um, you know, never say never, right? Yeah. Uh, just then put myself in those situations, right? But this is, this is what goes down, right? So uh, this is the first time I got access to both this much money mm-hmm. and this much weed at the same time allegedly mm-hmm. right and you know i had spent the past year growing going out to la going to sessions um and you know how sessions are in la um not sure if you've been to and if not let me know we could go together mm-hmm. much safer environment <laughs> we'll yeah. that, right so this night I say, you know what? F it. We got the, we got, you know, green, we got tree, but we also got some shrooms, right? And my girl was like, oh, I've never done shrooms before. Mm. Said, All right, cool. Let's take you on your trip. Let's take you on your first yeah. trip, right? Yeah. But, you know, I like doing everything extra. So I take her to a hotel in Beverly Hills, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, we, Darken the room, turn out all the lights, all the stuff, you know, n- normal, normal tripper stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And she starts feeling, she goes, I want to go for a walk. Typically, I would say no. This time, <laughs> I did not, right? So now we're going on a walk. And, you know, besides the, the joint that I have in my hand, uh, I'm pretty straight and she's tripping, Right. Yeah, quite literally this time. <laughs> so <clears throat> we start walking. Now we're in Beverly Hills, mind you. We find this nice little nook area. And bro, did you know they have one bedroom apartments for eighteen hundred and fifteen hundred in Beverly Hills? I did not. Yeah. So we find this fucking spot. We're like, yo, we should just get our office out here. Yeah. We talking shit. But then we start looking around. We're like. This place look weird and she's tripping. So weird to her is really weird. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's like a maze. She's going through her shit. I'm like, okay, it's a maze. <laughs> Just keep walking. Yeah. So as we're walking, we come up on this dude outside smoking a cigarette and shorter. You, you know, when you meet a man, but you know, like there's nothing intimidating about him at all. Like, <laughs> okay. yeah. It was one of those. So we were just yeah, yeah, talking yeah. rapping. I was like, oh, what do you do? This is what I do. Da, da, da. You know, she's having her first Zoom trip, right? This and that. Mm-hmm. So we just keep it pushing. He starts walking with us, right? So we now walking. But she's tripping. Mm-hmm. So it's past midnight. And we start walking. We turn up. We go straight. And we're just talking, walking. He goes, oh. Nah, we're, I, I don't want to go down there. That's Culver City, right? 
at this mm-hmm. point, I look up, she's walking up, like she's walking faster than us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I got to catch up to her because I, I wasn't here for you. <laughs> I was here for her, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're seeing like little raccoons. Then we look at the tree. It's like a plug coming out of the tree, like a, a wall outlet in the tree. I don't know if you've ever seen that, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, what the fuck is this? Like a movie set or some shit? <laughs> so now we're, me and her really like, what the fuck is going on? He, he was really adamant about not going to Culver City. We shouldn't go to Culver City. So we start heading back. We come back around on Rodeo Drive. We're walking still. She goes, we got to go. We got to go to the hotel. And we got to go get grab everything and go. Right? And it's her trip. So mm-hmm. even though I just spent fucking $400 for this fucking hotel. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, because if I'm going to go, bro, I'm, if, I, I don't do it often, but if I'm going to go, I'm going to mm-hmm. go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's go, right? We get in the room, right? Ditch the dude. She go, I don't even see when he walks off. So we get in the room. We ditched him. She goes, he was a rat. I'm like, what? She was like, yeah, we were in a maze and he was a rat. Like everybody in here is like rats. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She was like, no, in that maze, they were watching us in the maze. They sent them out to the maze so that we could be monitored. Mm. I was like, what type of conspiracy theory Mm. shit? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So we got in the car and I just like listened to her story about how this dude was a rat. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't argue with her because you ever hear conspiracy (laughs) theory where it's like, this is kind of good and it makes sense. It lines up. But at the same time, this sounds crazy as fuck. (laughs) So that, that was uh, her first trip walking around Beverly Hills. And we just was like, yo, all of this shit is staged. But even the the one bedroom apartments for like 1500 and 1800, it's like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck? That sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, right around the corner from the fucking Rolex store and Ferrari store, $1,500, $1,800 apartments. Dang. But now Dang. we have homeless people in Beverly Hills. LA is not what it used to be. Yeah, they everywhere. Right. And yet the prices are still just as high. <laughs> Ain't, Ain't that about a bitch. <laughs> right? So for those of you listening, go check out Christopher Leon's album, We Are All Here. Please. Right. Uh, I don't co-sign everything and I don't co-sign anything, but I definitely fuck with this album. And this ain't going to be the last time we chat, bro. And yo, yeah, make sure you grab my number. Hit me up. We we definitely got to be we got to fuck around. But everybody. uh, Anything you want to leave our listeners with, man? Um, No, if y'all want to follow me on social media, I'm on everything at Christopher Leon Music and then just all music platforms. Christopher Leon. Um, I hope you all enjoy the. uh, I hope you all enjoyed the album. I really put my heart into it. All right. Now go be great. Yeah. <laughs>